You're listening to a message from Victory Church of the Bay Area. For more information, please visit us on our website at victoryus.org. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Victory Church of the Bay Area. We are so glad and excited to have you here today. You know, my name is Eman. I'm the discipleship coordinator of this church. And if it's your first time here today, we want to welcome you. Okay? Um, and, you know, our church exists to honor God and make disciples. And speaking of making disciples, um, we are on our current sermon series entitled, Moving Forward. And, um, you know, our, our current series is composed of nine weeks. And um, for the nine weeks, we will be talking about discipleship. Discipleship. Um, this, you know, this is a very important preaching for me today because it's my first time and, you know, um, I appreciate all of you. So in the discipleship, we, um, we have nine weeks. So for the first, um, this is the, for the first three, um, it is uh, called spiritual, you know, the first three spiritual disciplines, essential doctrine, um, holy living. Uh, the first three is, the, is for, you know, discipleship is a call to follow Jesus. It is a call to um, fish for people. Discipleship is also a call to um, have fellowship with believers. So the first three is actually a call to follow Jesus. Now the next three, understanding the gospel, preaching the gospel, discipleship mandate, um, those are under a call to fish for people. All right? And then the last three, the church community, Relational unity and shared life that is under a call to fellowship with believers. So today is our week six, and we are going to be discussing the discipleship mandate. Okay? Now, what is uh, a discipleship mandate? Okay? We can find that discipleship mandate in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 19. It says here, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So that's the discipleship mandate. Um, but today, you know, I'm not going to talk about that mandate, but I'm going to talk about the heart of that mandate. Do you guys have a heart? I hope so. I hope they're still beating. So, um, you know, what is a mandate, by the way? What's a mandate? Is it a man having a date? No, 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 no. That's not what the mandate means. Mandate is an authoritative command. Okay, it's an authoritative command. And of course, that, that authority comes from Jesus Christ. Okay, so um, may we all, may I in, invite everyone of us today to stand up as we read the word of God. Okay. So if you have your Bibles with you, Please turn your Bibles into uh, the book of John, chapter 21, verses 15 to 19. Again, um, turn your Bibles to the book of John, chapter 21, verses 15 to 19. Okay, so is everybody there? Okay. Okay, so let me read. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, 
Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, because he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after this, after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your word today. We just thank you because, Lord, you are here today. We believe in your presence. Lord, we pray that your voice will be heard by the people today. I pray that you would open up their hearts and their minds, Lord, to receive your word, for it to fill their lives, Lord, so all of us can share in your presence. So, Father, we lift this time to you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Now, may we all please have our seats. Okay, so let me give you a brief background of what, how it went down here. Okay, you know, Peter was basically with Jesus. Okay, so let, let me give, let's backtrack a little bit so that we can know and find out how we ended up in this scenario. So, you know, at this time, Jesus had resurrected. And, you know, he died and then he rose again after three days. So he was really, you know, he, it, at the break of dawn, the disciples were actually fishing. They were fishing. How many of you here know how to fish? Or you just like to eat the fish? Yeah. Now the disciples, they were fishing. And you know, Jesus appeared to them at the break of dawn. He approached them. He was walking towards them. But you know, the disciples didn't know that that's, that's him. And so Jesus said, draw your nets on the other side of the boat. Again, you know, the disciples, they didn't know what was going on before, he, before Jesus said this. They were not able, they were not successful to catch fish. Actually, the night before that, they didn't, they didn't get any fish, right? They probably felt like losers, right? Oh, uh, no fish today. Uh-oh, let's go next day. Okay, and then that's, that's where the scenario is. And now, all of a sudden, when they drew the nets down to the other side of the boat, they caught a miraculous amount of fish. They had a huge catch of fish. And it was just amazing because they were able to get, well, just counting 153 huge fish. Huge fish. And so, you know, they were so joyful. And then they realized it was Jesus. And wow, they, they were amazed. And Peter actually jumped off the boat and swam towards him. Okay, how many of you here know how to swim? Yeah, it's, it's really good. Good exercise. 
keeps your lungs strong. I like swimming. I learned how to swim when I was drowning. So, <laughs> yeah, I just saw, saw many bubbles, and then I, know, I knew I had to raise my head up above water. And so this was the scenario here. Jesus was with them. And so Jesus, you know what he did? He prepared breakfast for them. You know, he cooked for them. He, you know, the fish they caught, they put, he put it on the fire, and he would just had fellowship with them. And they were having breakfast. How many of you here today are hungry? You hungry? Yeah. I'm hungry. I'm hungry for the word. More word of, from the Lord. And so this one, you know, they, they, they were eating breakfast. And let's go to the book of, uh, well, let's go to, maybe let's uh, go to 15. Can we jump slides back, please? So they were eating. And that's, that's the scenario. Okay. So Jesus finally said, Simon, son of John. Simon, son of John. How many of you here know that when somebody pronounces or, you know, tells your full name, you know it's about to go down, right? Let's say, um, Erica, Shane, Konanan, Sustrina, right? Or, Carol, or Luzidel, Carol De Leon. If somebody pronounces your full name, wouldn't you be a little bit a little bit uh, worried. Yes, that's the word, worried, yeah. Or a little bit, what's, what's going on? What, what did I do? Is it me you're looking for? <laughs> Simon, son of John. You know, that, that's, that's the way to catch his attention. In fact, you know, Peter is Simon, okay? Peter is the new name Jesus provided him. It's, it's called Petros in Greek or Cephas in Aramaic, which means a rock. Now, I don't know if you know, uh, you know, Jesus and Peter, that they're both the rock. So actually, Jesus is the chief cornerstone. You know, he's the rock, you know, and, and um, Peter and all of us are actually, when we put our faith in Jesus, we become living stones. We are the foundation. We become foundation. And so moving forward, <clears throat> Peter, you know, this he, Peter is the, one of the main characters here. And, and his name was called as if he was drawing at, being drawn to the question. To him, what does he want from me? What does he want to know? You know. So, actually, Simon, Peter, used to be a fisherman. Okay? It's also as if Jesus was saying, Simon, why did you go back to fishing? Why did you go back? If you don't know, Peter was actually, a, at this time, he felt like he was a failure. He was a failure. And the most recent failure he committed was, you know, this is the resurrected Christ in front of him. Peter denied him three times. Peter didn't want to have any association with Jesus. He didn't want to be identified with Jesus the person being crucified on the cross at that time. You know, how many of you here have friends who have denied you? Don't raise your hands or betrayed you, right? So that was the condition here. There was just a recent betrayal that happened and, you, and we know that Jesus knew everything, everything that was going on. And so Peter probably had a sense like, oh, it's about to go down right now when he just said my name, Simon. He was probably terrified. 
And then, you know, this was the, you know, the next question to him, the question that actually is a solemn question to not just Peter, but to all of us. And this today, my friends, we're going to discuss about the, the heart of the discipleship mandate. And this question brings, goes through the very heart of Peter it bring and it brings the very heart of Peter to this one question. Do you guys want to know what the question is? I'm sure you all know by now. Jesus asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? the question to all of us today do we really love Jesus do we really love Jesus okay so that's the thing I'm going to discuss today I'm going to preach about the heart of the discipleship mandate and there are three things I would like for you to um, to take home with you today um, there are three things that lie at the heart of the discipleship mandate the first one the first thing is Feed on his love. Feed on his love. Jesus asked Peter, Do you love me? I don't know. I mean, he know, I, don't, I'm, I was trying to really say it in different tones. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you? I don't know. But at that time, the question still stands Do you love me, Simon Peter? Do you really love Jesus? How many of you here know the song, How Deep Is Your Love? Okay, let me sing a few verses of it. So for, for those who don't know the song, it goes something a little bit like this. I know your eyes in the morning sun. I feel you touch me in the pouring rain. Is that the love Jesus was referring to? No, no, no. That's not the love that Jesus was talking about. Absolutely not. You know, Jesus was talking about a different kind of love. A love that is willing to sacrifice. A love that He has shown to Him and to everyone. It's a love that's real to Him. And you know what? In fact, the translation of the word love Jesus used in this phrase was agapao. Can you say that again? Agapao. agapao. It's not shopao. It's agapao. It's the sacrificial kind of love. Are you willing to sacrifice for me? Jesus asked him, do you love me sacrificially? In here, in, in Jesus asked him, do you, agapao, love me more than these? Do we really love Jesus more than these? Do you love him more than your career? Do you love Jesus more than your spouse? Do we love Jesus more than our dreams, our hopes, our life plans? Do you love Him more than your worries? Do you love Him more than yourself? That question still stands. It was a revealing question. A question that probed deep into His heart and Simon Peter realized something. What was Peter's response? Peter Peter said, Peter answered in there, we'll see. Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. 
Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. You know. You know I love you. You know. Right? You know I love you. What a very discreet answer, right? It's a very short answer. It's as if he was shrinking. Yeah, you know I love you. Why are you asking me these things? You, don't you know everything under the sun? Don't you search the mind and the hearts of your people? Don't you know? Why are you asking this? Why did Jesus ask Peter this question? You know that I love you. In fact, um, Peter, Peter's response, the translation of the word love, love Peter used was phileo. Phileo is a friendly love. You know, It's a friendly love that, and I'm fond of you, you know, I'm a, I'm, I have an affection for you. I want to spend time with you. You know, I just want to have coffee with you or I want to be with you, but I'm not really willing to sacrifice for you. Okay, let me tell you that. Let me take care of myself first. So that's what Peter's attitude towards him. Yes, Lord, you know that I phileo love you. How many of us can relate to that? You know, do you, you know, I'm just fond of the Jesus that was resurrected. I don't really like the fact that he just didn't say anything in front of the Sanhedrin when he was being mocked. I didn't really like that Jesus. I just like the Jesus who saves. You know, I kind of not interested, kind of not interested in you. Have somebody told you that before? I'm kind of, I kind of like you. Right? <laughs> that, that was Peter's response. Have you ever been loved before, but not in a deep sense? That person has not really, was not willing to sacrifice for you. Not really. Or have you ever loved somebody so much you've sacrificed everything for that person, but that person didn't love you back at all? No love, nothing. You were just loving them in secret. Have you ever been that way? You know, Peter was asked three times. The third time, Jesus asked Peter, Simon, do you love me? In fact, the translation Jesus used on the third time for the word love is phileo. Jesus asked Peter, Simon, do you phileo love me? Even that, you know, Jesus was questioning Peter's affection. Do you really, are you really fond of me? Are you real, do you really love me like a brother? J Jesus? It, well, Peter said the same thing. You know everything. Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Peter was grieved. He was grieved. Let's um, highlight that. Peter was grieved because he probably remembers how much he denied Jesus, he denied Jesus. He, it's, it was all coming back to him like his failure. Oh, no, you know I love you. And then he can hear himself saying, I, I, don't, know, I don't know Jesus, I'm not with him. He was grieved. That was, um, and it was because Peter knew when, he, when Jesus was still, um, before his death, you know, when Pete, Jesus was still 
living with the disciples in his ministry, Peter was the one who would be on the forefront, in the forefront, and he would be the one saying, I'm the best disciple here. In John 13, 37, he even said, Lord, why can I not follow you now? He even said, I will lay down my life for you. I will lay down my life for you. Have you been in that situation before where you loved Jesus so much that you promised him, you know, Jesus, I'm going to give you everything. But then he ended up failing him. He ended up de denying him. He ended up disowning Jesus. Have you ever felt that way, that you don't love Jesus enough or you don't love Jesus anymore? I have. I have. Okay. I remember at that time, uh, after work, I was uh, driving, going home on my way home, and I was just in sorrow, deep, deep sorrow. And I was in, I was, uh, it was like my heart was being wrenched, and I knew why. I knew why. I knew why because I was so scared to confront the fact, to realize that I don't have, I don't love Jesus anymore. I don't love Jesus anymore. I don't have love for Him. It wasn't the same as it was. And I cried and cried, and I was just in tears so much because, man, I really lost the spark. I really lost it, and. Uh, I was just in silence, you know. It was a very tender moment for me. There were no big words. There were no Bible verses that came into my mind. Nothing. But I knew that Jesus was there with me. I knew Jesus was there. And he, he has been there all the time. And so, of course, for me, I was, I repented. I just cried and I said, Lord, I'm so sorry. Peter's love is the same. It kind of, it's a stoop, a notch down. Jesus love, Jesus love. You know, it was it was a denial. It was nothing, no more. I don't love you. And so that was the that was Peter's feeling. All of us, maybe there's a Peter in all of us. I think I can we can identify with him because maybe at one point we don't really feel like loving Jesus anymore. What was Jesus' response? Jesus, what he did was he accepted the little love Peter had for him. Jesus accepted the little, little love that Peter had for him. He was that person who is okay loving more but be not being loved back. He loves you even if you don't love Him. And that's the truth. He loves you even if you have very tiny love for Him. And that is the starting point of the discipleship mandate. You know, in discipleship, it is not about our love for Him, but it's always about His love for us. We have to feed on His love on his love Peter was in front of the resurrected Christ it was as if saying you know I'm in front of you Peter I am I, I resurrected for you you don't have to worry anymore because I lived again I am here I, I defeated the death 
that you've been fearing about. That was the love, the sacrificial love he was showing in, his, in front of his face, the resurrected Christ. And so, let's go to point number two. The next thing in here we can find out is that we have to feed his sheep. We have to feed his sheep. That was the response of Jesus. Jesus said, Jesus appealed to Peter is that if you love me, you will feed my lambs. Okay. Feed my lambs, feed my sheep. Oh, sorry. Tend my sheep, feed my sheep. Feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. You know, Jesus was so amazing because he matched the threefold denial of Peter. You know, Peter, how many times did Peter deny Jesus? Three. Three. Three times. Jesus, Jesus matched the threefold denial of Peter to a threefold restoration of Peter. That's how amazing Jesus is, is that he doesn't count our failures. In fact, he's more than willing to bring you back. So in here, feed who? Feed the lambs. Have you seen lambs before? Have you eaten lambs before? All right. Yeah, lambs. You know, lambs are very vulnerable. They're very meek and mild animals. Uh, you know they you have to take care of them so much they have to you have to really um, give them so much attention in fact the context of the Israelites at this time is that the shepherds have to look at the lamb for 15 minutes a day so they know who their shepherd is I can't even look at my wife for 15 minutes like that so that's that's a lot of work right yeah so you have, they have to not just this, but take care of the lamb, you know, make it grow, make sure they, they run along, they go and strong and they become strong and they just go and become a sheep. So sheep, who feed the sheep too. You know, the sheep are sheep. They're not the smartest animals in the world. I remember, I think my uncle is here today. Let me see. I don't know. Yeah, he is. My uncle is here today and... When um, we went to my other uncle's farm, we had, they had sheep. And so my uncle and I, we saw the sheep hair, the sheep's hair, fur or hair or wool, whatever you might call it, tangled in a wiring fence. And so the sheep was really struggling to get out of it. You know, like, oh, I don't know. Um, we felt like if we didn't save the lamb or the sheep, that sheep could have died, right? Or he could have been more strangled with the fences. And so my uncle and I cut the hair off or just freed him up. You know what the sheep did? Took away. Didn't even say goodbye. You know, didn't even say thank you. You know what? No, nothing. There was nothing. Okay. So my uncle and I looked at each other and, okay. I guess we're, we have to go. So, um, so the, that's the thing in our ministry. When, have you ever discipled somebody? Have you ever been following up on somebody and you, that person doesn't reply back to you, doesn't even care, you know, saw your text message, your 
any message or any kind of reaching out <coughs> never goes back. No thank yous or nothing. It's okay. It's okay. Feed his sheep. Feed his sheep. And if you're one of those people who, you know, doesn't like to reply back, I understand there are so many things, but you just understand that your leaders are just here because of their overflow of their love for Jesus. They're reaching out to you because they love Jesus so much that you want to experience that. Okay, so that's it. And there's a call to feed. Of course, Jesus was not really talking about just a physical kind of food. Jesus was talking about a spiritual kind of food. And this invitation is not just eating, not just feeding, but actually a feast. A feast, you know. Jesus was talking about come, eat, and enjoy the word. You know, you will have your full life if you just experience me. If you eat with me, if you be in my pen, I will take care of you. I am your good shepherd. And that was the kind of food Jesus was inviting us. So if you're here today and you don't believe in Jesus, you don't believe in God at all, you're kind of interested in Him, but not in this sense. Jesus is saying, come. Come. I will feed you. And you will have your life to the full. So that was the call, is to feed and in this second point is that when you feed these lambs, Jesus' response was obviously not a selfish kind. Je Jesus didn't say, you know, Jesus, Peter, if you love me, why don't you love me more? Why don't, why don't you love me more? You know, Jesus' response was, feed my sheep. It was always others-oriented. It was always about you. You know, that was the love of Jesus. And, you know, in fact, the great uh, commission, which is to make disciples, is the expression of the great commandments. You know, that, what does that mean? You know, when Jesus commanded, the great commandments can be found in the book of Matthew 22, verses 37 and 39. Let's all read. And he said unto them, to, them, to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Basically, love God with everything. Now, if you love God with everything, the second command goes sim a little something like this. A second is like it. L you shall love your neighbor as yourself. When we make disciples, we do it out of love. And that's how we can prove we love Jesus. It is the expression of the great commandment to love others is that we make disciples of all nations isn't that a great thing that we are commissioned to do this? We are part of it. You know, Jesus didn't say, oh, you know what? I'm just going to save everyone. You know, just sit there. No. For us to grow in our relationship with God, no matter how painful it is, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Jesus. Make disciples, and you'll grow in your relationship with me. And that <coughs> is the call of Jesus. So, our greatest motivation should be love okay as disciples as ministers ev to everyone how can i see the hands of the married people here married people great wonderful looks like you're all still in love that's a good sign if your spouse does things for you without love wouldn't it be hard to accept right that's the greatest motivation if we do things out of love we love people because we don't we can't 
contain ourselves. You know, we can't just keep it to ourselves. We have to be motivated by love. Love is a very strong force. It can change a person's mind. It can change a person's behavior. It can change a person's world. I moved here. I left everything behind in the Philippines because I love my wife. And love is a strong motivator. You know, be motivated by love. So feed his sheep with love. Okay. The last point is three things at the heart of the discipleship mandate is follow him. Follow him. Do you remember, do you know when Jesus first met Peter, do you remember that? So Jesus first met Peter in the Sea of Galilee. They were fishing. And the first few words that Jesus said to Peter and his friends was, Come, follow me. Come, follow me. And so at this time, you know, Jesus recreated the scenes when he first saw him. You know, they were fishing. He broke bread. It was the familiar things. And that they were doing, he prepared breakfast for them. There was a miraculous catch of fish. And so Jesus' last words for Peter was actually the same thing. In verse 19, and after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Peter was fully restored. Fully restored just like that day when he first met Jesus. You know, when, when you have something like so ecstatic about, so enthusiastic about, you were so in, on fire and fired up to do and be great, you know, to do great for the Lord, that was the feeling of Peter at that time when he was fully restored, full restoration, just like it was the, in the beginning. And that is the same thing for you and me. We can be fully restored God can use your failures and turn it into His glory. In fact, fast forward 30 years after, you know, Peter's ministry was so amazing. He was so on fire for God. He opened up, he opened, he preached to the Jews. He preached to the Samaritans. He preached to the Gentiles for you and me. He preached to everyone. And you know what? He, the prophecy came true. He was crucified. He was crucified. He was put on the cross. And some scholars say upside down. And you know what? Peter, never again did he deny Jesus. Never again did he deny Jesus. Are we in the same way? You know? God, if we made mistakes before, God can restore you. Jesus can restore you in your full potential. Can restore you to your full capability. When you first met him, when you first saw him, when you first found out that he's the greatest thing, God can put you back in that. God can use your failures for his glory. And as we wind down and we finish up, let's summarize the heart of the discipleship mandate. If you're famished, what does famished mean? If you're hungry for the word, 
feed on His love. Feed on His love. Okay? And if, you're, if you've failed before, if you've done many mistakes before, you know what? God deals with your past and God can deal with your present and your future just like what He did to Peter. Fully restored, feed His sheep. And if you have failed or if you have, if you're fearful and if you're uncertain of what's going to happen in the future, if you don't know what's going to happen, you're scared, just follow Him. Follow Him. You know, it's an open invitation to everyone. If it's your first time here, if you just want to follow Jesus, go ahead, follow Him. If you've been here for a long time and you've made so many mistakes, still follow Him because He's the only way. You know, God doesn't count your failures. He can restore you. So, i like to summarize what I've said today in this statement that even if we look back at our mistakes, we can move forward in making disciples because Jesus still loves us. Jesus still loves you. Okay. All right. So, may I request for everybody to please uh, stand up. You know, if you if you have failed Jesus before, if you failed him many times and you you know what don't worry about it you know in our journey with him in our journey with him we might still fail but you're covered already you are in the midst of the resurrected Christ you know Peter realized that the worst thing had already happened he denied Jesus. And so, you know, Peter gave up his life for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of Jesus, proclaiming who Jesus is. If you're here today and you want to recommit your life to Jesus and you know that it was kind of painful when you failed and, and it, you kind of denied him and you didn't want to do that anymore, what worse could have happened? Jesus has died for you already. You've died with Him. We have died with Him. Our past is gone. He never counts our past. In fact, Jesus wants to restore you today. So may I request for everyone to please bow down your heads and close your eyes. If you're the person who wants to recommit your life to Jesus again, saying, I failed Jesus, you know I love you, even if I don't love you that much, I still want to give my life to you. I still want to honor you. If that's you today, may you please raise your hand so I can pray for you. 
Yes. Okay, you may put your hands down. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you, Lord God, for the people who has raised their hands. And Lord, I know that you have a big word for them, Lord, that the word is you're restored. Never doubt, just believe that you're restored. And you will do amazing things for my kingdom. You will make even greater disciples. So I just pray, Lord God, that you know you would touch the heart of these people, Lord, who probably have failed you before. Lord, we thank you. We thank you because you you can restore us, Lord. You can wipe away our past. Give us a new and clean slate. We can start again. Thank you, Lord. Now let me pray for a different group of people here. If it's your if it if you just have a desire to follow Jesus, you're new here, you're new to the faith, you know, you probably don't know much about discipleship, but all you know is just you want to follow Jesus. You just want to look at him and really study him more and know him more in a personal way. If that's you, can I please see your hands raised? Yes. Let me pray for you. Dear Lord, this is your sheep. Lord, your sheep know your voice. Lord, I pray for the sheep, Lord God, to hear your voice. I'm so excited for them because you have so many great things ahead of them. Lord, you will restore them, Lord, even if they might fail, Lord. But Lord, your message stands true is that you died for them as well, Lord. And you have claimed victory over their lives as well, Lord. I pray, Father, that they would know you in a personal way, that they, they would know you who you are, and they would know you even deeper, that you not only saved them, but you are here to make them grow. You're here to give them the word that they will glorify your name. So, Lord, we lift up to you your sheep. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. The last people, group of people I would like to pray for is if you're a victory group leader or a minister or you're following up somebody and you feel like, you know, you've failed many times like I did and just feel discouraged. If that's you, keep your heads bowed down and eyes closed. May you please raise your hands. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Put your hands down. Let me pray for you. Dear Lord, you see the Peters in this church, Lord God, who is so passionate for you, for your word. Lord, I know you've given them double portion, Lord, of your anointing. But Lord, right now, I know that you're giving them triple anointing, Lord God, because you'll restore them, Lord, for the, to the fullest, back to when they first saw you, back to when they first have met you, back to that love they have for you, Lord. I pray, Father, that they would be fully restored with the eyes of love, Lord God, not loving themselves, but loving you more. And the overflow of this love is to love others. 
So, Father, I pray that you would restore those people right now. You would restore them in a way that they would feel that you've loved them all the more now than even in the past. Whatever they did, Lord, you're erasing that. Lord, we pray that you would renew their faith. I pray that you would renew their spirit. I pray that their hands would be filled with just mostly just serving you and being more passionate about reaching out to others. I pray that you would give them, Lord, the spirit of overflowing love for you. Lord, we thank you so much, Lord God. Right now, Lord, they're, they're fully restored, Lord. Right now, we claim it, Lord. We believe in you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So why don't we pray before we dismiss? Let me just pray for you guys. Lord, we thank you today. We thank you for your word. Lord, we're so excited, Lord God, to be part of the flock. Lord, we're so excited, Lord, to hear more about your word. Lord, even if we don't know where we're going, Lord, we pray that you would always bring us back to you. Lord, you left the 99 behind and looked for us. Lord, I pray that we would have the same love for others as well, Lord, as we're willing to live, leave our place of comfort, our place of convenience in order, Lord God, to make disciples. So, Lord, I pray for the whole congregation, for the whole sheep, for the whole flock, that you would protect them, Lord, that you would minister unto them, that you would, that you would take care of them and meet their needs and meet the time when they need you, Lord. Lord, we surrender everything to you, Lord. Lord, we put our faith in you. We thank you, Lord God, for your word today. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray.